0: Hello and welcome to Property Roundup and I'm Property Radio with myself, Carol Talon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on new trends emerging. This show is brought to you in partnership with the Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Alicia Green, a Flexible Offices Consultant with Knight Frank. Alicia, thank you so much. I'm delighted um, that you're in a position to join us today because Flexible Offices is definitely um, the, the hot topic of the sector today. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much for having us, Carl. It would be great to chat about the sector
1: and everything that's going on.
0: Uh, well, it's particularly relevant. Um, I can't remember a time, uh, a time when we've had as many uh, office and uh, commercial um, buildings references in the headlines and such contradictory commentary coming out. So it's a really good time for us to be chatting. So maybe let's take a step back and talk about... Um, the the new department that you've set up within Night Frank over the past year, you might just talk us a little bit around the work that you and your team are doing.
1: Yeah, so I would have joined um, the team here in Night Frank last year, it would have been around this time. So we've been, we've set up the department for here, kind of the 12 month juncture and obviously, you know, building it from the ground up. I myself have a background in selling office space with startups um, where I was before. So I think, Definitely, we've always been looking to kind of service outside of the market from somebody that's setting up their business on day one to, you know, larger firms that are looking to grow and have that scalability, you know, within an office space, within a provider um, and to very much bring them along the process from day one and to be there at every single stage of their business journey. And um, again, as I mentioned at the start, it's a particularly interesting
0: time for office space um not just in ireland but globally you know just over the weekend uh, and over the past week we've been listening about you know um ireland currently has the highest level of commercial vacancy as it's had uh for about the last decade um and, and a lot of that is offices and obviously we're we're not just talking about vacancy but then with the sustainability conversation we're really veering into potential obsolescence, which is something that isn't maybe being discussed too much um, in in uh, the Irish marketplace, but certainly something that we're going to be looking at. But the current office vacancy rate appears to be rise uh, to con- it's continuing to rise. So you might just give us an overview of where you see the office marketplace at the moment and maybe where flex space then maybe fits into that.
1: Yeah, I think there has been a lot of, you know, articles being written about it seems every single week that there's something, you know, being written in one publication versus another. I do think that the outlook, you know, you can take whatever you read, you know, it depends on I can only say from our point of view, we've seen very strong requirements and occupiers coming to us. Now, whether that's looking at, I think the requirements might have changed, but that's being reflective. And I think a lot more Clients are coming to us and being aware of the market and being aware of how much money, you know, that they need for their teams. They are tailoring. You know, I think the office will always have a space. It will always be relevant. You know, I don't believe in the office is dead and all of those sort of articles. People will forever need that space that is synonymous with their business, that brings their teams together. And I think as well for the next era of talent, you know, they need a space to call their business home and it's where they're going to get, you know, the next generation are going to have their formal training and they need to understand that this is what you know working life is like so I think more so the changes that we're seeing is the shift um, in occupiers demand and also how they are changing the ways in which they work so I think flex you know fits into that perfectly. Um, because it gives all the occupiers the opportunity to say, listen, this is where you want to be now. This is where you want to be in 18 months. And you can very much business plan with them. And all of the providers that we work with, you know, very much from day one, when we speak with them, we're going out with the requirement. They'll say, you know, where are they at today in terms of headcount? Are they going out fundraising? Do they plan on being, you know, expanding? Do, are they looking for an acquisition? And with that, you know, how can we grow with them as a provider? You know, the retention is a huge thing as well. And every single, you know, provider we work with wants clients to grow within their portfolio, whether they have one building or 16 buildings, you know. And, you know, is that worldwide? Is it countrywide in Ireland? So I think we are seeing a lot more people and as well, you know, change in the shift of the clients that are going to be coming into Flex as well. We're seeing a lot more professional services. We're seeing term lengths being signed for, you know, in excess of 24 months, whereas before it might have been 12 you know, we are seeing other people in terms of the managed solution that are signing anywhere from three to five years. So, you know, the sector is maturing. It obviously isn't as mature as other markets, but I think definitely Dublin is becoming more so on the map for foreign firms, but also I think we're going to see, you know, even in the funding rounds, a lot of the Irish firms are going to be the ones to really come out on top. And with that, they're going to be the big name occupiers. The tech ones, you know, dominated for so long, but I think the homegrown Irish companies that are funding and growing here will be the next big occupiers in the market.
0: That's a really interesting perspective. And I love the business model of almost uh, becoming the journey partner for businesses. So from startups, and this possibly is coming from your background, working with startups and helping them to, to get space. Um, but from, from a traditional uh, agency point of view, it's quite unusual to be effectively shopping for solutions that aren't in-house in your in your own um office
1: department so explain a little how that works so and you know from we'll give it as a business example somebody will come to us and say listen Ali I'm looking for you know 20 to 40 desks or it might even be now we're seeing more and more people are coming with the square foot so even in that the requirements are becoming more and more tailored and the language being used is a lot more being stolen from, say, the traditional side of the market, if you will. Um, so it'll be very much that they'll come down and say location. We will then go out to all the providers we work with. So we work with everybody from WeWork, Regis, Iconic, Glandor, Pembroke Hall, all the main operators in Ireland or who we were, are working with. Uh, at the moment and we will say this is our client this is what they need send us all the options and then what we will do is we will tailor all those options to our client we will then present them with the options with the hopes that they will create a short list we go out to tour and we will sell them you know the benefits of every single space based on their budget based on the location so we try and get them as close you know i always call it the three wishes (laughs) if they had a genie and they came and said exactly find me this you get as close to that as you can with all the other you know determining factors and then obviously you know once they're happy with the space we would then go back and broker the deal and say this is the term this is the price and um, and then these are the prospects of the growth of the company so i think for us you know our unique angle is that we very much get to know the clients that we work with you know we're not just looking for say right now we're also forward planning for where are you going to be you know in two years time and then You know, that works both ways, whether they're doing extremely well and they have funded and they're growing, or, you know, there is another side of the coin that, you know, startups, you know, have a very high failure rate, but at the same time, it peaks and troughs. So I think we saw a lot of that in the recession. And, you know, that's probably the best thing about the flex market is that it is so agile. So you want to be there for the clients on every part of it. And really, I suppose, you have to nurture those relationships, because what could be a 10 desk today could be a hundred desks you know within a year so it's kind of really working on those relationships as well and I suppose we pride ourselves on the service that we give our clients it is very tailored and you know they're very reactive to us you know they're very honest and they'll say this doesn't work what about this you know go back for this so there is a lot more negotiation to it it's not as simple as you know just showing them a space and them signing a license agreement there is a bit more of a collaboration.
0: Yeah, no, I can I can absolutely see this. And actually, to me, it looks like you're taking on the role of buyer's agent in the commercial space, which I think is really interesting because obviously we do have that in Ireland, but it's slightly mm-hmm. stunted. And the the potential for growth in the sector is arguably stunted because we don't have a MLS system or the multiple listings. You know, so we have limitations to what a buyer's agent can do in the residential market. But interestingly, uh, a buyer's agent model could work much better in the commercial space. So it's really interesting to see you do this. Um, I'm I'm very curious on two fronts. Um, first mm-hmm. is around uh the culture um and really what what's a legacy from COVID nineteen and the pandemic and how we've changed our behavior. You know, uh, first of all, let's start with um the culture of people working remotely we're already starting to see cracks in that. We're seeing employers mm-hmm. say actually productivity has fallen. And, you know, it's it's really interesting from our own perspective within Property District. We were operating remote working years mm-hmm. before the pandemic and it worked well. And then obviously we were wholly remote during COVID. Mm-hmm. And since then, we are finding problems with the remote working model to the point where we are in the process of, Um, multiplying the space we have in our Galway office, we're actually taking a space Mm -hmm. that's about four times larger, not just because the company is growing, but because we we want the team in the office. And I did not envisage years ago when I, I was so proud of our remote working team, I didn't think that day would come. And I, in my experience, something shifted during COVID. So, yes, more people working remotely but something happened to the productivity, and it mm-hmm. has fallen. Um, and and I hear it from employers across the board. So, can we just maybe take a moment to talk about the trends that you or your not just kind of the the providers of flex space, but say the companies that are going into those spaces? Mm-hmm. What are their attitudes to, towards remote working? Are they trying to facilitate remote working, or are they trying to encourage people into better office spaces more often?
1: I think it's, you know, there are two sides of the market. You have, say, the occupiers that are coming to me and saying, we are completely operating, you know, a three-day mandatory, you know, this is when our team will be in the office. And then we have other ones that say, you know, listen, we want people to be in. We don't want to have the forced conversation because I don't think that necessarily works on a human level. I think it has to be a very slow transition. So on that side, we are seeing people that are saying, we want a new office, you know, but we want it to be a place that people want to come into that it's not a chore. So, you know, I think it's like everything in the market, people want, do they want bigger? Do they want better? Do they want shinier? You know, I think we're seeing that people maybe have revised, you know, in some sectors, you know, have scaled down, but even within that, they want grade A space. They want it to be beautifully designed. They want collaboration space. So they want a lot more. Um, So I think with that, you know, and that is something that the market kind of has to very quickly react to. So I think, you know, it's all to do with, I think in the flex sector, it's no longer is seen as just having a desk and a chair. People want a community that they can be part of. They want space outside of their four walls where they can meet other people, you know, that they have these like-minded communities, that they're meeting fellow entrepreneurs, that they're meeting contacts, you know, and to be in a multi-tenanted building in flex, you know, you have that. If you walk downstairs, you can say to the front of house team, and generally across the sector, they're very good at this, at knowing their client schedules. So clients will very much believe in them and believe in their recommendations if they're looking for legal representation, if they're looking for an accountant. Uh, digital marketing is a huge other thing, you know, and if they can find that in-house and have those synergies, you know, that's what makes these buildings flourish and these communities thrive. Is very much that then, you know, you're feeding back into this community. Another thing, I suppose, is the wellness aspect you know, our buildings providing that, you know, is there a wellness room? Is there an on-site gym? Is there collaboration spaces? Is there, you know, podcast studios is a huge thing now lots of occupiers are looking at because so many people are doing in-house content now. Um, So that is another huge sell. I would say, you know, for the other occupiers, you know, one large floor plate, but they have everything self-contained. So they'll have their own sort of galley style kitchen. They'll have, you know, open meeting rooms. Gone are the kind of executive offices it's very much open plan you know there's no fixed desks so you you know there's a lot of desk booking you know programs that are now being um I suppose sold to the market for people you know to show that hybrid working policy and you know you could be sitting with somebody new today that you never met from your company you might have joined it a year ago so I think everything is becoming a bit more I suppose holistic and then you have the other sides as well if you know if you don't want to hire an office manager flex really works because everything is there for you you know if you want to have events they'll be on site if you want to you know do team days you have all your meeting rooms there everything so it's moving more to sort of I've read a lot of pieces Carl about like the hotelification of the market and that's definitely where it's going you walk into some of our amazing buildings you know you know yourself you've been in a lot of them the iconics the grafters You know, these sort of locations, you walk in and sometimes you look and you go, this is actually amazing. You know, it looks like a hotel. So I think that's also where people want to go. They want that very polished look, but they don't want to have to do the fit. So they are availing of that. You know, it's
0: interesting. You use the term hotelification, you know, over the past number of years. It's really emerged from space as a service. But most in most recently I've heard it referred to as an almost an arms race for amenities because actually people are competing on amenities. Um and yeah. it's interesting to hear the the increased requirements, but alongside recre- increased requirements and people wanting better quality and and, and more and more and more, is that they have to be willing to pay for it. And in the early days of certainly co-working or shared space, they were <laughs> an affordable alternative. They were um, something that a business did on an interim basis. Basis, or while they waited to be able to invest in their own premises. Now we know that's a trend that has completely upended in recent mm-hmm. years. So are are people, you know, where it's before co working or shared space was not a premium; it was the other end of the market. It was the affordable. Now it is very much the premium. Are are people uh, and I suppose are companies willing to pay for that? Are they willing to pay for all of the other benefits and the holistic room and the and the events and everything on site? Is this is this something that that um they want to invest in?
1: Yeah, I think for them the key thing, you know, the amenities are great to have and things like that, but the core thing for them is the flexibility that they can't get necessarily in the traditional market. Um, And that they feel like they can grow somewhere with the provider and very much they're the driving force. It's very much 50-50. I need this much more space. What can you give me in your availability schedule? So I think that's probably the core thing that they know that they're paying for. And they really value that because they can't get that in other alternatives on the market. I think the other thing is as well, you know, there's always this age old sort of I think that people love to write about is you know flex serviced versus the traditional market you know it's is it necessary i think there's this um prejudice that it's seen as very expensive compared but i suppose now we're seeing a rise in fit out costs you know to have facilities all your rates and all of those sort of overheads that you add when you're looking at a square foot cost you know versus all those other things you know i think they are becoming more and more in line um but definitely you know there is a different There is a different aesthetic, there is a different design, but that's very much driven by the business model as well. So I think we're seeing, you know, larger occupiers, you know, dipping their toe into the market. You know, we've got iPod doing their making it work solution, which has been hugely popular and it's done very, very well. You know, any clients we ever take in look at it and they really like because it's bridging a gap between the flex service and the traditional. And I think you know, we're going to see more occupiers entering the market on the back of that because of the performance being so strong. And those slightly bigger occupiers or professional services want to go into that.
0: Alicia, what surprised you the most over the past 12 months as you were setting up the department and speaking to people? Because it is, it is a new offering. It's a new way to approach this. And it's a really changing, shifting, evolving marketplace. What has surprised you the most over the last year?
1: i think you know the market has changed even so much in 12 months from when i joined i think the big thing is is i suppose for you know even foreign firms that we've spoken to that are you know have footprints in other jurisdictions and bigger markets you know come to ireland and they're very interested in it they love the location they love the buildings i think it sometimes is harder to enter the market but that's you know based on landlord expectations and things like that which is changing now and I think a lot more people want to incorporate a small percentage of flax into their portfolios, which is great to see. You know, we're seeing a lot more interest in that. So, And then we also have new people coming onto the market. The likes of Sunbrook are going to be launching in September. They're going to be a new provider. You know, five beautiful Georgian houses with a very elevated product. So, you know, the test fits are there. The data shows that it is proving very well. You know, across the market, you know, we have about 87% occupancy across the building, so across locations. So it is very strong, all the data signals towards it. And I think I've been more surprised of the amount of people looking to come into Flex as sort of um swing space. You know, they're waiting for buildings to come on stream in the traditional market in 25, 26. So, you know, we've worked with a couple of big name clients, you know, enterprise level that are going into Flex, signing contracts for two plus years. And then we know that they're going to make the tradition the, sorry, the transition to the other side of the market, which for us is great because it complements that we can service them on my side, but we can also put them over to tenant rep or to traditional offices and the landlord side. So for us, it's been incredible that we can very much build on that complementary service that we can do it here. And that very much the clients that we meet with myself can definitely migrate and transition and graduate into the traditional market, which is what we want to see. We don't want the two to be in competition with one another. We want them to be complementary. Well,
0: not only that, but obviously if you're meeting people um, several years before they go into what will essentially become their permanent um commercial address, that actually you're getting to learn a lot about them. You're getting to work with them to shape their requirements as opposed to a company coming to you from scratch looking to do that when you don't have that relationship built up. So I can see how that would actually give the Knight Frank office team a real advantage then actually when we're looking at the pipeline of office space that's going to be filled over the over the next um two to three years. Again, you know, it, it's it's just a particularly interesting space. I'm always curious about um startups because I think startups are where, you know, where people don't understand how to use offices essentially because they're startups. Yeah. They've never had to do it before. They also don't necessarily have a good handle on what their needs will be, not just today, but in terms of you talk about scaling up, uh, for successful startups and indeed the high rate of failure and both of those things can happen very quickly that it can be unpredictable in which direction it's going to go. So actually for startups coming into the marketplace, um, you know, how are they approaching the office conversation? Are they more likely to not want to accommodate um a, a, their full team all of the time?
1: Uh, I think it depends, you know, it very much is from my background I think it really depends on the founder how are they you know towing not towing the line but I suppose setting out the expectations of how they want to work so if you're an early stage business you know yourself Carl when you're setting up a firm you want your people to be there you want everybody to bounce off one another you want that idea creation and collaboration to be there so very much I think it, it has to be driven from you know the top down And if you create that air and you create that culture of, listen, we're all here, we're all creating something together and you have that buy-in, you know, we see a lot of the startup clients that we work with that say, yeah, our team are in four days, four out of five days a week. They want 24-hour access because they know that they have an investment in building something in the early stage as much as when it gets to the scale-up stage. You know, if you're raising a certain amount of money, as we have a very buoyant, you know, funding landscape in Ireland, through Enterprise Ireland, through the IGA, through the funds, the likes of Elkstone Act, all of those sort of things. You know, we have a very active market. We have a very strong pipeline of clients that are coming through. So I think for them, you know, if they want to build their teams here. That's why they have located here. But also at the same time, they know that the people that they are hiring are people that will complement the team. So very much everybody has a role to play. So I think, It definitely comes from there. I think, you know, if you have a a lovely office for people to come into and work from, that's another great element to it. But I think as well, generally, when you meet them, they're so quick on... That's why they come to people like us is because they don't want to go around and go on daft and go through 10 websites. They want to just come to somebody like myself and say, Ali, this is exactly what I need, where I need it. You go to the market. And they know that it's taken care of. You know, we do all the heavy lifting for them and we very much you know, I would say there is a certain amount of handholding throughout the journey, but then there's also, you know, the celebration that they know that we have showed them absolutely everything on the market. We are impartial. We just want to get them the space that they can, A, you know, that ticks all of their boxes, you know, that it's the right term length for them, but also a space that we know that they can grow from or in time, if they need to translate to another part of the market that they would, we're top of mind because they've had a great consumer experience with us. So I think that's, that is the other side of it of why they definitely come to agents like ourselves to do it. Very good.
0: And look, it, make, it makes absolutely sense. It's back to this almost buyer's agent model. And then you're you're starting a relationship that can continue as as the company grows and scales, which absolutely makes sense. Um, And I suppose before we finish up today, because you have the advantage of being able to go into a lot of these offerings. Um, It's been a while since I toured some of the some of the flex, the uh, flex space. And I know I haven't been into the last two or three that have opened tell me what is the most impressive thing you've seen walking in because the level of fit out has improved and increased and i mean it's really it there's been a leveling up exercise happening across flex space providers and i'm going to give iconic offices the shout out here for really raising the game but then it makes others um you know it, it gives the others a bar to to rise up to so uh from your experience going in and out of all of the offerings what's the most impressive feature you've seen um in any of these providers
1: well oh, I think it's it's so varied you know we get to see you kind of walk in and you see one you know style and you very much know you could walk into a building say a WeWork is very differently designed to how an iconic is because and then it depends is it you know a new is it a new building is it a Georgian how are even no Georgian is the same you know we're seeing now a lot more Georgians being knocked into two that are shared you know that are no longer kind of one room and then you know they're being knocked into big open plan spaces which is what the market now wants so i think you know we're seeing a lot of great stuff come to the market i think we're going to see you know grafter has definitely come in on the back of iconic you know they're opening up their new building smith house on stevens green which was the old top shop so and even then that's going to provide something very different because there's going to be retail in the bottom you know, workspace on the other floor. So that's something new to the market that we haven't seen anywhere else. You know, the likes of, say, um, like you said, they're iconic, have so many different locations. Each building has its own personality and are, you know, nearly the heroine in, in the office story and things like that. But then you have the likes of, say, you know, Pembroke Hall. They've been in the market for 20 years. You know, they have so many buildings. They have Georgians, you know, they have new buildings and they launch Hennebeek Studios, you've got Glandor with the Bottleworks, which is completely different. You know, you've got a lot of people that have been in the business for a very long time and have retained a lot of clients, which is amazing. Um, And then you have new entrants that are bringing something new. So I think with every building, you see something that's very cool and very bespoke and very unique that you go, that looks really good. And you know, certain occupiers will want that. And then you know, that a lot of the op- of the providers themselves you know go and look at other buildings and they see what they like and what they want to bring in a new building and things like that or if they're going to retrofit because the market is so competitive now that you have to be very, you have to be constantly evolving it's like having a hotel you need to do 20 percent every year because people will look and they have a very keen eye now so i think even people are going from one provider to another just for change it could be that they can't be accommodated where they are and they kind of They look at what they know and they look at what they would like so it's interesting to see people's shifts and what they want from one provider to the next is very very different but i think definitely you know the quality of the spaces and the common areas even with the offices themselves that it doesn't matter where you go within the building that everything is maintained i think the front of house teams you know community teams are really strong as well because they get to know the clients they know where they are in their journey they know all of their staff so i I think that adds another level of comfort and service is a huge part of it, Carol. You know, the people that are really looking after their clients are going to be the ones that will dominate in this industry, no matter what their building looks like, because at the end of the day, it's all human connection.
0: You know, it's amazing um that it does come back to great service. And at the end of the day, real estate or has always been a service based industry and continues to be to be that. Um, so actually, that's a really timely reminder. So thank you so much for that. And I suppose, finally, let's let's help the FlexSpace providers here by you have insight because you get to talk to the users about what they want. You get to walk them around where they get to compare all of these genuinely world class offerings. So you obviously get a sense of what is a priority for businesses so let's let's help the flex space providers today by saying you know in the last 12 months what are the trends you're seeing emerging that are not just nice to haves but what are the priorities for occupiers now going into flex space
1: i would say on the larger size we're seeing a lot more requirements of you know in excess of 1500 square foot we're seeing a lot more for two and a half anywhere from two and a half to four thousand square foot We're seeing, you know, and with that, they're saying, show me something in the flex managed sector, but also show me it in the traditional market, because those smaller sizes sometimes are hard to serve us um, or the term length might not be, you know, achievable for these clients that we meet. So I think definitely saying, you know, we feed back all the time to the clients. They'll bring us and they'll say, you know, what else are they looking at? And within reason, you know, certain clients, we cannot disclose that information because obviously privacy, we really value that on our client's behalf. um. But I suppose your general feedback that you could say, you know, that they thought you needed more, you know, phone booths because they're not going to build an internal meeting room, you know, and they've seen that in other buildings. Is that something that you guys have down the line or have you got an office that's been hard to let that you could turn into a space like that? You know, if it's all open plan, you know, offices, sometimes that's very hard to achieve in a Georgian. They don't want to have, say, a whole floor and have four or five offices. Um, The other thing is disability access is huge. We're seeing that for a lot more of the multinationals that they have that built in. You know, ESG policies, that's another thing, but is, you know, we're probably a bit behind on that, but I think great efforts are being made in the Irish market to really bring that up to standard. Um, So that's a bit of a longer journey. It's nice to have, but I think we're gonna see more and more, you know, clients coming to us asking about ESG policies, you know, disability access and things like that, that is a huge thing which is very hard to do in the likes of the Georgian buildings. But I think, yeah, open flan, floor place, you know, lots of collaboration zones within a suite. And if any occupiers can offer that, you know, to one tenant, they will more than likely achieve a term of, you know, three plus years, more so probably five. So we are seeing that definitely, you know, from every part of the market, everything is changing. From the smaller occupiers, what they want in terms of facilities to the larger ones that are saying, listen, this is where we want to be. We want to find a home for five years. This is exactly what we want to go out and find it. Um, which sometimes is difficult and you have to manage everybody's expectations and say, you know, we will show you absolutely everything on the market. It mightn't be within your price range, but we want to show you. I always like to give them an A, B and a C version. So A is absolutely, you know, everything that you could have, you know, no budget, as an issue, you know, this is the top of the market. So you can say, listen, you mightn't be here now, but this is where you could be in three years. And if somebody has a lease expiry, we know then that's where you want to be. And we can have those conversations and earmark and um, things that are even coming, you know, off market, which we are seeing a lot more now as well. Um, you know, the B option is probably, you know, very close to their budget and exactly, you know, they might have to make a bit of a compromise. And then the C is, listen, this is what we can give you at the moment. This is based on, you know, the term that you want or the budget that you have. But listen, there are conversations to be had. I don't think necessarily it's this is the list price and that's it. All of the providers at the moment are open to conversations, but it needs to be mutually beneficial for both. So, yeah, I think there's a lot more negotiation that goes into it than probably a lot of people think on the so I think people think you walk in, you sign a license agreement and that's it, you know no longer is that the case there is a bit more chasing but I suppose that's what makes it so rewarding for us that when we work with our clients they know that we've been with them every part of the journey and sometimes you know you'll have a call with the provider and the client and sometimes they'll come they won't feel comfortable saying certain things and we have to go back and not play Mr. Bad Guy but we have to have the honest conversation because they know that we can do that because we have those relationships you know with the providers and things like that so yeah, I would yeah. say that's probably another part of it.
0: Um I think it's a, it's a really interesting approach to this. Uh, before we came on air, I I was sharing with you um that there was an interesting piece in the Seattle Times this morning. Um And it was calling the return to office the one point three trillion dollar problem that few have figured out. And that's because it doesn't come down to buildings. It doesn't really come down to real estate. It comes down to user behavior and uh, companies behavior. And I think that's that's the unknown quantity here. So I think that while as humanity we figure out where we want to be spending our time i think it's a really interesting um, interim model that you've built there and i think um there's no doubt that it would add massive value to companies who are trying to who are looking at the flex space offerings and maybe struggling to decipher the difference between them and to differentiate between them i think it's a fantastic solution so i'm um Genuinely thankful that you took the time today to talk us through it. And best of luck to yourself and the team. I know you're only a year uh, with the new department, but um, definitely hit the ground running. So absolutely best of luck to yourself and the team um, there at Night Frank over the, the next year and the years to follow. Um, that was Alicia Green, Flexible Office Consultant with Night Frank. You're very welcome, Alicia. And that's all we've time for today. My thanks to Katie Talon and the, the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. Um, and also thanks to our show producer, Property District, um, changing the narrative of the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup on iProperty Radio.